0: Thanks, Josh. It's good to have uh, family around, Amen. Uh. <laughs> uh, I, uh, it's, uh, I've already uh, I've already taken care of the meals. They're all already in the freezer, but uh, they will welcome donations of any baked goods. Over the uh, at the rate these kids are eating. There'll be no food, I've uh, ordered shopping to be delivered tomorrow, but I'm pretty sure that'll be gone by Tuesday, because I, I won't be there to say, no, you can't eat that yet. <laughs> so um, by about Wednesday, they will have run out of food, uh, so if anyone feels the need to drop around there with some muffins or something, <laughs> they will, uh, that'll get them through the week, I'm sure. No, I think it's, um, I'm sure they'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, I've been doing a little bit of test run, uh, kind of just standing back and letting the the morning happen without doing too much, trying to see how they're going to go. If we've been getting places late lately, I apologise, but that's why. (laughs) Um, No, we're we're doing all right. And uh, I think Thomas was a little bit upset that I was going until I told him that I'd bring him something back. And then he was like, are you going yet? Are you going now? <laughs> so um, I'm sure he'll be fine. <laughs> so this month's theme, um, you if you were around last week, we spoke a little bit about relationships and and so I had um, I'd written when I prayed about what to speak about over the course of this year and uh, we' come up to uh, this month of the year and decided to speak on relationships and um, and so in starting preparing for that, I've been. I've been looking at uh, the different types of relationships we have in our life and studying and looking at the Word. And, and I keep coming back to the same thing, really, and so I apologise if uh, I kind of have the same point but get there a different way this morning. But the reality is uh, uh, our relationship with God so heavily influences All the relationships we have in our life. And um, I have a bit of a disclaimer for you this morning. I have too many people that live in my house, in our church, to not actually put this out there. But every time I speak on relationships, we have like the worst week in our house ever. So um, that's just me being completely honest with you. Um, but that, that is, that's just how it goes down every time, without fail, that I've ever decided to speak on anything uh, to do with relationships. We always have major meltdowns. I think it might have something to do with um, the fact that I'm leaving and certain people in my house are not overly happy about that. I'm not going forever. It's two weeks. Um, and <laughs> I know that's easy for me to say because I'm not the one left behind with all the children, right? <laughs> Um, but that's all right. Uh I I the in lieu of um of promised Indo surf trip or down south or you know, I know I'm sure I will get my own back later. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. But as I've been looking, uh, looking into the Word and um, studying for this, I, I really have come to only one conclusion, is that as we focus on our relationship with God, it can only better our relationships with each other. And what I uh, looked into, I, calling the message this morning, m- this morning Relationship Rescue. And um, so last week we talked about relying on God and how pride, and our inability to ask others for help or ask even God for help. Our inability to be able to rely on God can actually inhibit our relationship with Him. And this morning I want to show you a few ways that that can actually start to impact our relationships with each other. And even our relationships with things that are important in our lives, our calling, our, um, our careers and all of those sort of things. Um, so we started with a foundation last week. And this morning, I'm going to give you what I'm going to call a few relationship railroaders. So the first one I'm going to talk about this morning is, how, um, is our identity. And this is going to come back to our um, our message last week, and I'll show you how. But um, before I start, so I was going to tell a story. I like to start um, by giving you a bit of a picture of something that you can relate to. And so I was trying to remember who told me this story about a kid who was holding on to an animal so tightly that eventually there is no more animal to hold on to over there. So, So... and then I came to the conclusion that I'm pretty sure every person has one of those stories. Hands up if you know a story about an a, about a little kid that holds onto a baby animal to the point where the baby animal is no longer with us anymore. Okay, so th- this happens quite frequently, right? <laughs> that, that was my conclusion was that, okay, I think everyone has one of those stories or at least knows of someone with one of those stories. Um, unfortunate as it may be um, and the... Uh, uh, I'm kind of glad Sally's not here. She can't handle like any, um, any animal, any animal suffering stories. But, um, but what I wanted to show you in that is that um, sometimes there there is this tendency within us to hold on to something too tightly to the point where you suffocate it, right? Um, and the problem or how we get to that point, is when we find our identity in something other than who we are in Christ. When we find our identity in something that is outside of being found in Him, then we put too much weight or too heavily burdened, and often we do that to people in our lives. Or we do that to things in our lives that may be good in and of themselves, I'm talking about your calling or your career, or perhaps it's the things in your life that you've been blessed with. But when you start to find your identity in those things, then there can be a problem. You ever had the friend that just needs too much attention? Or seen someone in a relationship, or maybe it's you, and you feel like every relationship you've have you've suffocated the life out of because you find your identity in your relationship with that person, instead of in your relationship with God, and people, we were not created to carry the burdens, each other's burdens. We were carried to walk along. Uh, we were created to walk alongside each other. In leading each other to be in relationship with God, and He promises that He would carry our burdens. When we put that requirement on another person then it can burden them too heavily. When we find our identity in a relationship with a person instead of with God, well, the problem with that is that people fail. And then suddenly our identity comes crumbling down. You know, if everything that you have is tied up in a relationship with someone else and they let you down, well, you find yourself in a very insecure place. See, if we fail to trust God with our identity, if we fail to trust God with all that we are and all all of where we're going, you know, our calling, if we fail to trust God with who we are as individuals and we try to lay that on someone or something, we suffocate the life out of it. Inevitably, it will happen. Healthy relationships with each other start with a foundation of finding ourselves in God. I'm going to read from Psalm 23, and this is like a really famous psalm. But it just shows how we need to find in God the things that sometimes, and if you listen to all the things that it's talking about, who God is and how we relate to Him, sometimes each of these things we try and put on people or we try and put on uh, our circumstances, we try and put on our career. But His promise is that they're all found in Him. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. Have you seen that lately it's become like an insult to call someone a sheep? It's like the everyone is so focused on being individual and I'm my own person. I don't need to listen to anyone. I talked last week about how that inability to even take advice from people that ha- should know more or that we should be receiving instruction and wisdom from. But, you know, we, we're not so good at following anymore. We all want to be leaders. And I saw somewhere like, Recently, like one of those picture quotes and it was like the best leaders are followers first and it's true. We all want to be leaders but it's insulting to be called a follower. But the problem with that is that we're actually created to be followers. It's inherent in our design and God made it that way so that we would rely on him and the problem is, when we turn away from God and we decide that we don't want to follow Him, well, we inevitably follow something else or someone else because we're created to be followers. I love the whole alternative movement, and they're probably the most boxed in. Like you, they all look the, more the same than all of anyone who's not, you know, considering themselves alternative or hipster or what. Like it's like. The most unindividual look and style that there actually is that exists—they're all following each other, but they, they claim to be so anti-establishment, anti-society. Because when you, when you turn away from or, or want to be like not following anything, you inevitably will follow something. Because we don't exist in a void, and our our being, our like—it's inherent in our design that we are created to follow. And if we want to actually have healthy relationships in our life, if we want to go and get where God wants us to go, then we need to learn to follow him. We need to be okay with being sheep. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. And in that, I have all that I need. If the Lord is your shepherd, you will have all that you need. The shepherd was responsible for leading the sheep to where it needed to go. The shepherd was responsible for every element of care, every like from protecting it to feeding it to caring for it if it was uh, if it was sick or injured to even disciplining it and making sure that it stayed on the right track. The shepherd was responsible for every area of need that that animal had. But we want to go and do it all ourselves. I'm going to read from a story a little later on about how we end up when we try to do it all ourselves. But let's just carry on with that. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I always found that a strange way to phrase it. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Some versions say he lets me rest. But it's actually more of a determinant word when you look at it it's actually more like instructional like he's actually he has said that this is what you're doing you're going to rest how many people here feel like maybe sometimes you need to actually be told to rest <laughs> sometimes we've got us so, do you know what i saw the other day and this re- this is my second point but by the way relationship railroaders is uh filling the void with clutter because relationships exist in our space, in what we have in our life to give, uh, leftover when all the necessities that we've decided are necessities, because see, the Lord is my shepherd and I have all that I need. That was actually all that we need, but we decide we need all this other stuff. So we pack it all in there and then the clutter leaves like a little bit of space. That's where your relationships exist. And so, I I saw the other day this like floating thing have you seen that if you walk around the shopping center or whatever it's like a uh it's kind of like a day spa type thing but you go into this like pod capsule and the whole idea is that you just float in there yeah it's like rest restore and reconnect or something and like that's like how many people find that like almost a little bit appealing right now, to be honest, yeah? <laughs> like, you know, you're floating in water. And do you know what? Why, why, why is that not appealing to some people? What can you not take in the water with you? Well, <laughs> clothes. <laughs> said like a true non-Facebook addict. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can't take your stuff in there. You can't take anything in there. You, you like you can't read in there. You can't take a phone in there. You can't you can't like be on conference calls in there. You can't take your work and your laptop in there. You can't be doing anything but floating in there. How crazy have we got to a point where we will pay someone sixty dollars for an hour just so we can turn stuff off? Like you can go and do that, you know. <laughs> But that's where we've got to. It's so hard to shut out the clutter that it's actually become a marketable commodity. Silence has become something that companies are selling to us. Hotels have packages where it's deliberately in a space where you can't actually connect with your phone and stuff like that so that you can get away from everything. It's become something that is sold back to us. How crazy is that? That we don't have even enough space. And for some people, that's not even an appealing thought. That's a scary thought. For some people, the clutter is deliberate because it stops us having to face the thoughts, having to face our own, what's going on inside, having to face all of those things, so we clutter it all out. For some, it's a way to run from God because we know that he speaks in a still, small voice. God speaks to us and His our relationship with him most definitely exists in those spaces in our life. Yes, God can act and work in all that we're doing and God can move in uh, and, and what we give to him that he works through but our relationship with God, not what he's doing through us and with us but our relationship with God exists in the space he makes me lie down in green pastures I wanted to read it from that version you know that Sheep will keep walking. If the shepherd were to keep walking through the night and through the day and through the night and through the day, the, the thing would keep walking till it fell over and died. <laughs> they're an interesting creature. But that's, they, they're so like, I, I really enjoy actually, like, God knew what he was doing when he made this analogy. There's so much that you could actually take, but they would actually just keep going till they fall over and die. But the shepherd will stop. And make them lie down and rest. (laughs) Tash finds that amusing. I do kind of as well. I've worked a bit with sheep. My dad's a shearer. And so I've been in shearing sheds and it it kind of like, it brings a whole new light to some of the things that the Bible says about sheep and also brings a whole new understanding to some of our um, actions as humans when God refers to us as sheep. But anyway, if you've ever been around sheep, you'll get it. Do it one day um (laughs) so so he makes them lie down and rest and god has written into his words instructions for us to rest he's given us space he made space in our lives i'm interested to see how sabbath in israel looks i don't like apparently because we're in a hotel on one of the sabbaths that's um seven stories and they're like you're gonna have to be prepared if you're on a high floor to walk on the sabbath that that seems like the opposite of rest to me but they're not allowed to push the button because that's work so um (laughs) it's an interesting concept so they the um lifts are inoperable in um during the time there's something they've then made like operating machinery is work so if you push the button on the elevator, you're operating machinery, and so therefore you're violating the Sabbath, but you're okay to walk up seven flights of stairs. I'm not okay, I may be sleeping in the foyer. Um, (laughs) Requesting a low floor. Um, (laughs) Not really. But he makes us rest. And if you're not finding time to rest, then maybe you're not finding enough time to connect with God, and maybe it might be because you're finding identity in things that you were never supposed to find identity in in the first place. If you make some space in your life to connect with God, to take some time to actually experience silence, to spend time focused on your relationship with Him, you might find that some of the clutter doesn't seem quite so important anymore. You might find that some of the things that you thought were absolutely unnegotiable that you could actually make some more space in your life and i do know that it's not just our relationship with god that suffers when we have no space in our life it's the friendships that you should be maintaining it's the time with your family that you should be making It's those opportunities that God gives when you have that little bit of margin to actually stop and respond to someone who's in front of you. What are we missing when we're so on a mission that there's no space to respond to what God's doing in our moment? But like I spoke last week, sometimes instead of relying on God, we get busy doing things that we think are essential to try and fix problems that we decide God hasn't taken care of. Instead of relying on Him, we do it our way. Let's turn to Genesis 16. Here we have the couple Abraham and Sarah, still known as Abram and Sarai, who've been promised by God that they would have a child that would be their, that whose descendants would be God's people. It has this amazing promise from God that they would have a child in their old age. And we know, if you know the story, they were like close to 100 years old and it was pretty uh, pretty unfathomable that God would actually be able to do this, but he had come and spoken specifically to them. That one definitely belonged to me. (laughs) And now, my Bible is not cooperating, should I say. I'm just going to read the first few chapters, uh, the first few verses. Don't worry. It's all right. Now, Sarai Abram's wife had not been able to bear children for him. This is after she'd been given the promise and they were so sure that God was going to do something. It hasn't happened. But she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarai's proposal. So Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as his as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abram Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. So quite a long time after the promise had been made and they'd set out. So Abram had relations with Hagar and she became pregnant. And when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress Sarai with contempt. And then Sarai said to Abram, this is your fault. I put my servant into your arms and now she's pregnant. She treats me with contempt. The Lord will show who's wrong, you or me. Abram replied, look, she's your servant. So deal with her as you see fit. And Sarai treated Hagar so harshly that she finally ran away. Goes on. She's out on her own, the servant, and she's uh, and the Lord appears to her and says that he, um, you know, he's going to make things right and that her uh, her son would actually be, and it, she go, he goes on to explain, um, and uh, prophetically we see that um, his descendants do become um, quite <laughs> uh, numerous in the land, and they become, in the end, um, Ishmael's descendants become the enemies of the Israelites. Goes on, and Sarai does become pregnant. And has Isaac, the promised son that God had told her, that, that her and Abram that they would have. They were just trying to do what God had promised. Doesn't sound so bad, really, does it? They were trying to do what God had promised. They tried to work things out their own way in their own time, how they thought it should work when God didn't come through. When we fail to rely on God, we sometimes try to fix things in our own strength. And what happens when we do that is we actually create problems. See, there's consequences of disobedience. Ishmael became the consequence of their disobedience and ended up that Ishmael and his descendants became a problem for the Israelites. for basic, oh, I mean, you can go into uh, there's still conflict there, and the um, the best like understanding of genealogy and all of that is that um, the current um, Palestinians and and all those that are opposing Israel now would be the descendants of um, of Ishmael. So what they did was birth their own problem by trying to do things their own way. Have you ever tried to do something your own way? Something that maybe you thought God or God has maybe given you a promise or you know that it's a good thing in God to do. Maybe you even it's got I know that I've tried to I've tried to achieve things or do things or set things up that like I know is you know, the will of God, you know, it's definitely the will of God for people to be saved, for people to come to know Him, but you try to do things in your own strength, outside of what God's told you to do, and sometimes the consequence is kind of, you end up worse than where you started. So when we don't rely on God, we don't trust Him, where they went wrong is where they said God has failed to do what He promised. All the stuff that came out of that afterwards was, you know, I'm pretty sure if I was to give a series on relationships, one, you know, um, they they probably went wrong a whole lot of times there, but but it all it all went wrong long before. It all went wrong when they started to mistrust what God had said. When He had even sent an angel to come and tell them that they that He had promised, like they had something solid to hold on to but they still failed to trust him. But what I find amazing is that God still had a plan and in his grace he still fulfilled what he promised and that Isaac was born and all the promises that had been made about the Israelites, all the promises that had been made about the descendants of Abraham all still come to pass because of God's grace, not because of their actions and not because you know, things got pretty messy and there were consequences, but God still used them. I love that even though we go wrong time and time again, we fail to trust Him over and over again, we do things in our own strength, we mess it up, we make a whole mess of everything and God can still use us because of His grace. So even if you feel like your situation right now looks more like Hagar out in the desert going, where have you gone, God? Or it looks more like the Israelites in a battle with the enemy that they actually created in the first place. God can still do amazing things with your life. God still used the Israelites. Like Josh talks about the Exodus, or was it Wally. Wally. You know, you see God work miracles through a people. He still did amazing things because of his grace, not because we got it right. But If we want to have things start to go right, we've got to start to rely on God. This is when they submitted to God, when they worshiped God, things went well. And when they tried to worship idols, things they'd created with their own hands and turn away from him, things go downhill again. See, we are painted the most clear picture ever in the Old Testament. That's why I love it, the pictures that we see. But we still fail to do it time and time again. But because of God's grace, he can still use us. He still meets us where we're at. Can I ask the band to come? You know, I am talking about relationships. I really believe we've got to get this one key relationship right. We've got to connect with God in a way that allows us to rely on Him and trust in Him so that we don't try to put too much weight on the other Uh, things in our life, so that we don't overburden the people in our life because we're trying to rely on them instead of relying on God, so that we don't strangle the life out of things because of a lack of trust in what God can do for us or a lack of faith in who we are in God. Maybe there's a promise that you've been given or something that you know that you need to be doing or to have done or be part of, and you've been trying to do it your own way and making a mess of it. I believe the word for people here this morning that are in that position is that God can still work it out. He's shown us time and time again that He'll still use us even when we mess it up. He still wants to use you. The promise still stands this morning. That which you were promised before hasn't been written off because of the mistake you made. God didn't say to Abraham, well, you've messed it up right now. I'm going to go find someone else. He still used Abraham. Because what God promises, he never turns his back on. His word never returns to him void. So if he's promised it, he'll do it. Doesn't matter how bad, how how much you make a mess of it will still do that which he's promised. If you feel like you're struggling to trust in God, open up that Psalm 23. I could have read every verse one by one. We'd be here all day. And show you what that can look like, but it's different for each one of us. Take a bit of homework. I'm away for two weeks, so you've got extra time to do it. Read that psalm. And ask of every line, is that true of me? Or am I relying on someone, something, or even trying to rely on myself instead of trusting God? Ask God to show you how he can be that to you, how that can be true of your life. Start to put your trust in God and watch the relationships around you improve. As you create space, as you take the burdens off people that were never supposed to be there, as you start to believe who you are in Jesus, you watch the rest of it improve. Can you stand with me this morning? I just believe this morning that there's some people here that need to come and lay down their own efforts. See, Abraham had to come to a point of realization that what he'd done in his own strength was a mistake. He had to repent and believe God again for the promise. If that's you this morning, You've been trying to do it in your own strength and you know you need to come and lay that down and ask God this morning to fulfill His promise, to start to trust Him again. Then I'm going to ask you to come out the front because I, I believe there's something in taking that step forward and laying something down like a prophetic action. It's not You know that you have to do that to be able to connect with God. But I'm asking this morning, would you say to him, by doing something active this morning, I'm going to lay it down and ask you to be God again. If you've struggled to trust God in your life and you feel like you've been struggling in relationships because of that, then I want you to come out the front this morning. If you've felt insecure in your relationships, come... this. And we'll pray that God will give you a revelation of who you are in him, of his love. And I love that even the worship band were on it this morning. I believe God wants to give a a revelation this morning of his great love to those that are struggling to find all they need in their relationship with God. Would you come this morning?